You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the season launch of Campus Beat as well as Frosh FM. And I am Dinah Jansen, and I'm very, very happy to invite into my virtual studio today Dr. Mark Green, Queen's University Provost and Vice Principal Academic, to the virtual studio. Welcome, Mark. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Dinah. It's great to be here with you today. Wonderful. So, Before we get into all things Queen's University, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your teaching and research at Queen's University? Yeah, certainly. I'm happy to to do so. So I I came here from not uh, uh, far away. I grew up in uh, Belleville, which is about an hour from from Kingston. I... um, I, I actually came here as an undergraduate student. Uh, I studied engineering, did the mathematics and engineering program. And then I went away for a few years to do uh, my PhD. And then I've been back here uh, ever since, uh, since the early 90s, uh, as a couple of years as a postdoc and then as a, as a faculty member. Uh, so um, I'm also uh, I'm a member of the uh, uh, Mohawks of the Bay of Quinty, um, that's uh, between here and Belleville uh, as well. Uh, my Mohawk name is uh, Raswaherha, uh, which means he he builds a bridge, and that um, it it was uh, given to me because of my background in uh, civil engineering. But I, I I have also thought about it as a much broader perspective uh, about how. Uh, you know, bridges are about connecting and connecting with people and uh, relationships and how important that is. And I, I think that's uh, pretty important in, in this role. Uh, so I had uh, both uh, teaching and research in civil engineering and, uh, and uh, some administrative roles, acting head and associate head and, and vice dean in engineering before starting as uh, provost. Uh, in uh, uh, teaching and uh, research, uh, done a, a lot of teaching mainly in structural engineering, so how to design buildings and uh, bridges, um, looking at uh, dynamics and vibration, which is a subject of my uh, PhD, and then looked a lot in, into research into advanced composite materials, uh, fiber reinforced polymers like fiberglass and carbon fibers, uh, et cetera, moving through to sustainability and concrete and uh, fire engineering, how uh, structures perform in uh, fire, which has been a lot of recent area. Uh, and I, I've recently also led a um, an insert create training program that's on sustainable engineering in remote areas. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, out of that also launched a uh, graduate course, which uh, combines 
uh, indigenous knowledge, um, indigenous perspectives, best practices on working with indigenous communities, and also looking at sustainable building and renewable energy technologies. Uh, and uh, so, so that's one of the recent uh, sort of intersections of a, a few things, both my indigenous background, the work that I've done with, did with the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Task Force here at Queen's, um, and also work with uh, Aboriginal access to engineering, as well as some of my teaching interests, uh, interests in sustainability, and also research in those uh, areas. Wow, thank you very much. It sounds like a wonderful uh, teaching and te wonderful teaching area and a research area too. Uh, lots of interesting things to take part in and to perhaps uh, mentor some students in moving forward too. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your role as provost at Queen's University and maybe for uh, some of our newer students at Queen's, what is a provost? Yes, it is a, a little bit of a lesser known uh, position within the university in some ways. Uh, so that uh, there, there are in some ways uh, two roles that uh, there is the, the, the provost role and the vice principal academic. And largely as the vice principal academic, it, it is more of kind of being the dean of the deans uh, in a way, probably the best way. I think people, uh, students particularly, you know, understand better sort of the role of the deans. Um, and uh, so I am sort of an interface in a way between the, the uh, deans and the, and the principal uh, and, and sort of, uh, you know, working with the deans to oversee all of the academic programs, et cetera. So involved in all of that uh, work. Uh, and then the, the provost role has more to do with the activities that I'm responsible for in overseeing the budget process, preparing the budget, and uh, also acting where uh, possible uh, on the behalf of the principal as well in, in that uh, role. So it, it is a quite uh, broad role. And, uh, and right now, also in the time of uh, uh, looking at the coronavirus, et cetera, I do have some specific responsibilities uh, that the principal has charged me with for overseeing our response to uh, the impacts of the uh, coronavirus, uh, whether that's through remote teaching or all of the uh, safety and emergency response measures that we have in place. Okay, and we'll come into some of that in just a few moments. Before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about some of the university initiatives that you're really excited about for this coming academic year? Yeah, there, there are lots of things that are exciting. Uh, certainly the, the turmoil of the pandemic is, uh, well, it, it certainly keeps life very interesting so that there's always something new and different, a new challenge. And and I am uh, excited and very interested to see what opportunities come out of that experience about looking at, you know, what we can glean from a remote learning uh, that we can use to enhance uh, uh, learning and delivery of our programs going forward. Uh, so, so I think 
you know, new interactions with technology, et cetera, and, and understanding how, um, you know, some new methods could perhaps be better. And also for us to understand, well, what just really isn't as effective and what really needs in the long term to be mm -hmm. done uh, in, in person. And so that that can help, uh, uh, you know, reframe what we do overall in the university going forward. And I also think there are many opportunities for also augmenting what will be developed in remote learning uh, for looking at ways that we could uh, increase our, our reach into communities perhaps uh, where there just might not be either the, um, the distance or the economic ability to say come to Kingston in person for classes. Mm -hmm. And perhaps this would give us uh, some opportunity to, to, to broaden that uh, diversity in different ways. Uh, in looking that that um, you know sort of broader goals uh, that one area that uh, has particularly uh, you know made this opportunity very interesting for me was the opportunity to um, to work on more of uh, diversity inclusivity uh, interests. I'd mentioned being involved in the Truth and Reconciliation Task Force here at Queen's, looking at ways of implementing uh, some of those recommendations as well as the Picardy recommendations. That was sort of one of the you know, primary goals for me in taking on this role to start with. And that has certainly been enhanced with uh, Black Lives Matters movements over the summer to see how much that really has to increasingly be a priority for the university. So I am quite enthused about that, particularly I think what's very promising and what we can do is how we embed um, you know, anti-racist, anti-oppressive uh, knowledge into curriculum in all programs mm -hmm. and including more information about uh, Indigenous perspectives as well. Um, you know, those are all areas that uh, those recommendations have been made out of the TRC task force or out of, out of Picardy. And they are challenging things to implement and, and how they do get implemented. But I mm -hmm. think a, a good way is to have them focused on learning outcomes for the programs and how, uh, you know, what is done in those areas can be linked uh, to those learning outcomes. Uh, so, so those are a couple areas that I'm particularly enthused about. Uh, Thank yeah. you. So now we have to get into COVID-19. And uh, yes, it's been a very busy summer for uh, your office, as well as uh, many offices and units around Queen's University. Can you tell us about some of the challenges the university has been presented with through COVID-19? Uh, everybody in all universities and actually in pretty much everything we do in our lives has been transformed quite considerably in the past mm -hmm. few months. And it, it seeps into every operation that, that we do. Uh, I think that the biggest is the switch to remote uh, learning and remote delivery of many of our academic programs. Uh, but also for those that are remaining in person, it's a incredibly different experience. 
no longer uh, large uh, uh, jam-packed uh, classrooms, but uh, people being spaced at least two meters apart, wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So, so all of the environments are transformed uh, considerably. Then the ability to uh, make certain that we're working in an ever-changing environment, and you always have to have a, a backup plan, <laughs> maybe a backup plan for the backup plan sometimes, <laughs> uh, that uh, because uh, you know things change so quickly. I think one person said, um, and this was early on, about, well, everybody was decided on this yesterday, but today is today, <laughs> and that was yesterday. And so... Uh, that's the way things, and so we just have to be very adaptable and resilient. I think a couple of things that I have uh, done my best to uh, emphasize in dealing here is the importance both of uh, uh, gratitude and also compassion. That mm-hmm. I think those two things can help us through uh, many things. To, to being grateful for what we do have. Um, and I think there are always uh, things that we can be grateful for, regardless of how difficult a situation may be. Mm-hmm. And the, the other is um, uh, compassion for what everybody is going through in this difficult time. And, and so people are feeling a range of different uh, anxieties about the situation that are in some cases compounded by the restrictions. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be willing to know that each person is coming to this pandemic with their own experiences that are shaping how they're reacting. And so we have to be compassionate about how people are doing that so that we can all work together um, for the best possible outcomes uh, uh, for everyone. So how has Queen's University been meeting the challenges uh, that it has experienced with COVID-19 and working to ensure the safety of students and, of course, the surrounding community? In all of this, uh, you know, health and safety, uh, staff, uh, faculty, students, and the broader community, they've been top of mind. So we put in place many different things. I've talked about the, the remote learning. That's probably the biggest thing that we're able to do uh, for, for that. Uh, other aspects such as uh, making certain that we reduce the capacity in the residences. Uh, we're operating at about 50% capacity, a little less actually mm-hmm. uh, where we are. Um, and, uh, but also we're balancing that with um, equity considerations. So that was one of the things we recognized that not all students will have good access to internet to to be able to have remote learning so that uh, they may need to come to Kingston uh, to be able to uh, uh, access uh, so they could have good uh, Wi-Fi, et cetera, on campus. And uh, so so those are some of the balancing of those priorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also um, making certain that we have uh, all the protocols about uh, special isolation spaces in residence for people who do get sick uh, and a uh, incident command uh, team that uh, I now 
lead to respond when we have these changing situations that I mm -hmm. mentioned. And we have to uh, develop uh, responses very quickly. Uh, and uh, uh, we've also made certain that throughout the university, there are masks required in all common spaces, masks required uh, within classroom spaces as well. Uh, but then also looking that we have those services um, that our students need. So we've been able to open up the Athletics and Recreation Center uh, for um, uh, people to, to access those spaces safely, enhance cleaning protocols, and making certain that we can maintain the physical distancing. Similarly with the library and bookable space for student space for learning. So. Uh, it's all uh, many different uh, tools that we're, we're looking at here. Indeed. Now, on your office's website, I understand that there is a fairly extensive series of guidelines for students to follow to ensure their safety, as well as that of the community. Can you give us some highlights from those guidelines that uh, you've been communicating with students? Yes, we have a a substantial educational program uh, for students to look so so we started uh, communicating about uh, to students who would be returning to Kingston so that was one of the first things that we uh, recommended that students uh, uh, get tested before they come to uh, Kingston particularly if they're in a region where there is high, much higher incidence of uh, COVID-19 then happens to be in Kingston, and also that they uh, limit contacts for the first 14 days while they're in, uh, in Kingston. And uh, then that uh, they also, that students should develop a plan within household for uh, those who are living in the community for, you know, what would you do if somebody became sick in your household? Um, that has been reinforced uh, through welcome kits that we've distributed uh, in the community. Um, and I'd also like to sort of emphasize sort of, you know, a call out to all of the students about making certain that everybody is following all of the provincial guidelines, particularly with regard to uh, social gatherings and that uh, uh, I understand that they're probably even going to be reduced um, today from what they have been in the summer is what some of the, I'm hearing that's being considered uh, as we speak um, uh, by the Ontario government. But it, it's also important to recognize that, that even though you can have uh, somewhat larger gatherings, that you still have to keep your social circle to no more than 10 mm -hmm. individuals. And uh, so it is critical that people don't host or, or have large uh, gatherings in their households. Um, and uh, so that is uh, certainly a lot of the advice. Uh, unfortunately, there is a small number of students who are deciding to flaunt those uh, rules. And uh, that's certainly something that we, um, you know, we call upon all the students to to obey all of the guidelines and also I know that most of the students are wanting to follow those guidelines and I think there's very pervasive or per, persuasive uh, efforts 
by fellow students to make certain that in no uncertain terms that uh, uh, having large gatherings, hosting them or attending them is nowhere acceptable. Um, and, uh, you know, to help work with us at the university to emphasize that in no uncertain terms. Thank you very much. Yeah. So is there anything else to add uh, that you would like to talk about vis-a-vis -vis Queen's University, your role, what's coming up this year? Well, thanks for the, the opportunity. Yes, I, I, I guess just like Dan said, I, I do have a fervent love for uh, Queen's University, you know, both as a student and faculty member and, and now an academic leader. I, I think it is truly a wonderful um, and special place. And I, I am really excited to make certain that as much as possible that the Queen's University experience can be inclusive of all perspectives and a much broader and more diverse uh, perspectives than has been uh, previously the case. I think that the traditions are wonderful and bring a lot to that, but we have to be ways of looking at what traditions we have and making certain that they are reflective and uh, inclusive and to adapt those traditions uh, where needed. Uh, I think it doesn't mean throwing everything out, but it means just looking critically how, you know, how that we make certain that it is that rich Queen's community experience for each and every student who comes here. And I think if we're not offering that, then I don't think we are actually honoring the true Queen's um, history uh, and experience. Um, and, and that's something that I really am dedicated to. So thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. And I guess on a final note, have you any advice for new and returning students uh, about staying connected, engaged, staying well, and certainly still having fun this year? Yeah, so th that connection to Queen's community is incredibly important. Uh, and for, for all students, I, I know that uh, being part of the community, it is a life lifelong experience. And I know uh, so either from uh, my own classmates who are still connected to the university or alumni coming back for their 50 year reunions to, um, you know, to see how those connections were, you know, started, and they started in residence uh, or uh, through Frost Week activities or through being in the same classes together. Uh, I know there are it, it is very different this year with so much of it being mm -hmm. online and virtual and remote. But I think, you know, look for, you know, online groups that you can uh, join so that you have other interactions uh, outside of class uh, with uh, your classmates or, or those who are in other disciplines. Um, I think that's, uh, it, it's great to have good friends within your um, uh, within your program, but I think that it's also a, a great advantage of Queens to be able to interact with many students from many different programs. So I uh, also encourage people to seek out uh, some clubs that are going to involve. If you're in engineering, that 
you know, some people from arts and science or, or from business and vice versa. So that, uh, you know, and I think breaking down those um, barriers can be, you know, uh, very beneficial for, for everyone and uh, uh, give rise to uh, a much stronger experience for everyone. Excellent. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, once again, Dr. Green, Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the season launch of Campus Beat, as well as Frosh FM right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Dr. Mark Green is the Provost and Vice Principal Academic of Queen's University. It's been a very great pleasure to speak with you today, and thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. It's been wonderful. Um, have a great day. Thanks, Diana. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.